Welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty, hosted by Jody Katz, founder and creative director of Base Beauty Creative Agency. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the show. It's Jody Katz, your host of Where Brains Meet Beauty. This week's episode is with Paul Peros. He's the CEO of the beauty tool company called Foreo, and he has some pretty fascinating things to make you think about. And if you missed it, please tune into last week's episode with Cassandra Bankson. She's an online beauty pioneer, major YouTube star, and she's battled her way through really horrible acne and is really a beacon of light for people who are suffering with acne today. Hope you enjoy the show. Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to Where Brains Meet Beauty. I'm here with Paul Peros. He's the CEO of For Rio. Welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'd like our listeners to hear about how we met. This is actually the first time we're meeting face-to-face, but um, our first interaction was over email. I had emailed you updates about our show, and you emailed me back and said it sounded cool. And I said, do you want to be on? And you said, yes, sure. <laughs> so I tell that story because I want people to know how easy it is, right? Um, because I'm incredibly curious about everybody's story, you know, especially the, um, the mundane, you know, the rituals. Mm-hmm. Um, my goal is to humanize our industry a bit more, right? And we're not all marketing robots, right? We're people, right, with lives beyond the work. Um, so I'm really happy to have you here. Um, let's start with something pretty easy. How will you be spending your day today? Well, my day today, uh, and this is why I love New York, uh, will be extremely productive. Uh, a week in New York is like a couple months of, of traveling. It's the only place where you can have four or five meetings back to back, some of them even walking distance, uh, an opportunity to catch up uh, with people in the industry, an opportunity to work uh, on communications, uh, on trade. Uh, and well, it's the place to be. So you have a stack day back to back. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes, yes. It's and when do you go back home? How long is your visit? Friday? Oh, okay. Friday. Cool. That's nice. I mean, it sounds far, but uh, getting here out of Europe is almost equivalent, uh, like doing it from the west coast. Yeah. Right. So you will be here for I think a snowstorm tomorrow. I'm afraid so. It's <laughs> uh, just as when I thought uh, I was done with it. Uh, we were frozen for a couple of weeks in Europe. Uh, hey, we'll see how it goes tomorrow. Yes. Well, I hope it's snow we can play in and have some fun in. So um, what does Forio mean? Well, uh, there, there is a, a, a lot of the sound plays. Uh, uh, the one I really liked is For All, uh, which in itself a bit a challenge uh, that we have uh, with uh, cosmetics and beauty devices. Um, the name itself uh, came in a brainstorm. We checked it on sort of the the, the, the field, the graphics, the sounds, the IP, mm-hmm. uh, the domain, and it cleared on all. Did you say for all? Yes. That's the inspiration? Yes. yes. What yes. do you mean by that? Well, uh, devices themselves have been around for a while, and they made the transition from initially salon to at-home devices mm-hmm. over the last 10 years. Uh, they were taken up by mainstream retail. Uh, and the for-all bit uh, is critical in sort of going beyond the beauty enthusiast uh, in making them a acceptable part uh, 
for everyday rituals uh, of consumers. So you're saying that um, our experience in the beauty industry with, I guess, devices before your brand, it would be for me like the Clarisonic or Tria, um, that there's a lack of um, daily ritual in it? Is that what you're suggesting? Uh, not only the for, for successful integration into the routines and the daily life of the consumer, it is imperative that the product is designed in such a way to allow for seamless integration, that every bit of interaction with the product mm -hmm. and with the brand guarantees a positive experience. Uh, not just the operating principle, but the fact that uh, you can go to sleep in peace and quiet and you don't have to worry that your product will be charged and ready to go in the right. next morning. That uh, you don't have to carry a charging station when you yeah. go travel for a week or two because the product will be able to support you, that it is something that doesn't make your bathroom uglier, but nicer. Mm -hmm. It is something that has a footprint made for even New York bathrooms uh, and, and your roommates, uh, that uh, you don't have to replace the, the brushes in case of the cleansing right. brushes, uh, an experience that we thought was very close to having to worry and think and schedule your next appointment to change the oil of your car. It's not a positive experience. You look at a brush, is it dirty enough and you have to go out of your way to buy something that you already had. So uh, the product has to really serve the consumer and not the other way around on every little contact point you have. It has to be fun to discover, to explore, to use and to have. This is so interesting. You know, I never really thought about um, a beauty product in that way. Um, so you're you're not just thinking about the skincare benefit, let's say, but you're really thinking about the experience of the product through walking as I walk through How my life. How it fits into our life, right? Uh, and, and it starts with the, the communication content, uh, because the further out you are on a limb on on bringing something that has never been here before the more work you will have to do right, on, you have to on, educate on me. linking it into the context uh, of uh, uh, our existing life. So it's basically taking the future and mashing it with the present in a way. Right. Do you think there's a chance that you are ahead of your time with this company? Uh, at times. It's, it's sort of fluid because... Uh, we are very productive and we bring a lot of products uh, and all of them uh, themselves contain a lot of the, 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 the proven or second generation thinking, but always also a little bit of things to come uh, mm -hmm. uh, that we are experimenting with. Right. It's interesting. I, I, um, as new brands pop up and challenges persist that have existed, you know, way before social media in terms of communicating brand differentiation, um, I've been looking at brands that maybe were 20 years too too soon, too early, right? Um, I'm th I think about prescriptives in that way. Do you remember that brand? No. Oh, it's, um, it was a lot of brand all about finding the perfect match foundation. So they actually had... Um, attendance at the booths in all, you know, at Lord and Taylor and Bloomingdale's mixing for you, right? So this is like, this is made for social, right? But it was happening in a completely different time well, period. 
it, 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 there is this this coincidental circumstantial element. Uh, uh, definitely, it was a positive reality for us uh, overall. Right. Uh, devices were just getting mainstream. Right. Uh, so the intake with selective retail, with department stores, uh, was less of a hurdle than we would have had five years right. uh, earlier, where doing devices meant a lot of legwork uh, uh, through capillary channels, professional, and, and the like. Right. Yeah. So, but you, um, you'll always have the, the challenge that you need to educate the consumer on a new way of living, a, a certain part of her life, right? A new way of doing what she's used to doing you know, for the past 20 years. Correct. Uh, and, and fortunately, we have the communication channels to mm -hmm. do so. Uh, matter of fact, something that historically was probably a hurdle for indies, uh, in our case, uh, was effectively a relative advantage. So. We didn't have the resources uh, to go after the traditional glossy press uh, and, and, and so on. Uh, so we had to learn how to manage digital channels mm -hmm. and digital content, uh, something that uh, some of the incumbents, the majors of, of, of yesterday and today, are just about learning. Uh, so they, they had a bit of a vested uh, position difficulty in addressing that. On top, uh, uh, there is also a big difference in this new environment in treating the brand itself. Uh, that uh, is less from one center to the public uh, uh, in traditional communication sense. Uh, that is less from a pedestal taking a message and just hammering it uh, until uh, it's, it's there for everybody. It's an approach that where you take the brand and you bring it closer to your consumers. Uh, and the brand itself, contrary to traditional marketing theory, becomes a lot more fluid. Right. In our case, this even impacted the organization uh, that had to move closer to the market itself. We do our own copy, we do our own content, uh, so that the thinking is a bit almost like a, a moderation of this peer-to-peer -peer mm -hmm. because the, the, the best at educating consumers are the consumers themselves. Right. This is qualification, this is credibility, this is a language that makes sense and is natural. So you just said, I haven't heard it ever presented this way, it's really interesting, that your team is really moderating the conversation between consumers. You know, um, you're not directing that conversation, mm -hmm. but you're moderating it. And that, that's a pretty fascinating approach to social. I don't, I don't think that, I think that's very unique, that point of view. It is. It is. Uh, it's also a lot of hard work and, and learning. Uh, mistakes, uh, some wins, uh, right. many discoveries along the way, definitely. Right. Yeah. I think a lot of brands um, look at any of their communications as pushing out, right? Um, but by moderating it, I'm saying that, like, you know, it's spinning around us. We'll just help guide one, one thought to another and connect two people together and two thoughts together. I, yes. I mean, we, 
uh, in, in terms of formats, it's difficult to pin it down uh, because it's 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 a discovery, right. a continuous one. But the the best recent example uh, I have is the use of crowdfunding, fortunately and primarily. <laughs> for the crowd, less the funding itself, uh, uh, an opportunity to spend a month or two prior to the launch uh, with uh, progressive consumers, people that are really interested in new products, uh, the ones that are most likely to be the first ones to adapt, yes, but more importantly, the consumers uh, that will provide you feedback and comments, either direct or even indirect. You can work on your messaging, reshuffle the content until you see progress in your storytelling as far as it makes sense to the consumers in case of serious innovation, in peace and quiet before you're set in stone and live with retailers. So you're using your consumers as um, your own focus groups? Co-developers of content. Uh, Co-developers, uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Even on, on the core product right. level. I'm uh-huh. picking up what you're putting down. That's cool. Well, let's talk about you. Um, before you... Um, started this business, you were a management consultant, which sounds like a very vague industry. What, what does well, that mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, at, at the end of the day, uh, it, it's an amazing job. I, I really enjoyed it because uh, you are called in when some change is needed, when the way things have been done before is not uh, 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 good enough anymore. Uh, something we, we, we try to, to actively force ourselves to do even now in Foreo on a day-to-day basis. Uh, incredibly interesting in terms of the visibility across industries and geographies. And uh, in my case, also fascinating in terms of the core realm uh, as far as being, uh, okay, might sound a little bit strange, uh, but uh, Italian family business uh, consultancy, mainly though for uh, companies that have become international and uh, active, some of them known also here in in the U.S., the worlds of the likes of uh, Luxottica and Ray-Ban and Oakley to specialists uh, in luxury fashion materials or uh, third-party makeup OEMs. Uh, uh, something that was part of an extraordinary entrepreneurial tradition uh, and uh, a very interesting bit of it, uh, of history, as far as Italy itself, that went from a really bad situation at the end of World War II uh, to becoming uh, really a standard uh, in, in fashion and in beauty and in industrial development uh, within Europe uh, through the 60s and 70s. So you're specifically only working with Italian companies at that time? Yes. Oh, that's cool. Yes. 
So what's one of like the more odd or really random type of industries that you found yourself in doing this Well, uh, eyewear itself is, is extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the, the, the concept of uh, 90% of it being in a small valley in the middle of nowhere in the Dolomite Mountains. Uh, uh, but it, it's a very common thing to find these specialized industries mm-hmm. in these local communities uh, that uh, then have world-leading companies there. Uh, It's an extraordinarily world in terms of product uh, and and product design. We're talking about uh, launching a couple hundreds of new models twice per year around the world. Uh, A very interesting thing in terms of organizational evolution and the reality of China uh, in, in specific. That was something over the last 15 years that truly changed the, the, the approach and the need for organization and articulation of new product development from the artisan to the uh, industrialized or articulated one. We're talking about product architectures, definitions, and some of the things I was surprised to find to have to work on. Yeah. So um, you were at a, a, a meal, I think you said a barbecue meal, with... Um, your co-founder, Afreo, and that's when the idea took place. Do I have that right? Uh, well, uh, it was more than a barbecue. <laughs> uh, it was out in China, uh, a random contact, as many were back in those days, uh, uh, that developed into a really nice relationship uh, uh, that was both private and, and fun, uh, as well as professional. We, we didn't know it then. Uh, we had our own worlds uh, mm-hmm. and uh, shared sort of the, the, the fascination about creating something new. Right. Uh, and that person <laughs> became the founder of Foreo and uh, the primary investor. And uh, we, did, we had no idea it was going to end uh, where it did. Uh, it was informal ideas that led to some more digging, uh, that led to some trials. Uh, and then off we went in 2013, uh, making the first push. Bologna Cosmoprof uh, mm-hmm. was the first fair where we sort of took the, the, the idea out, made a product, uh, and started to look for the judgment uh, from the market. So let's go back to those um, many conversations over several months of yeah. daydreaming, right? It's basically what it right. is. Um, daydreaming with your co-founder. Um, what changed from just thinking and considering innovation and daydreaming about it into saying, let's do it, let's make this happen? Necessity. Uh, on my side, it was shortly and still part of the backlash after the financial crisis. Mm-hmm. Uh, so consulting was not really going well. Mm-hmm. And I myself was uh, really enjoying the, the, the lively atmosphere in Shanghai. At, at those days, everything was possible. Uh, it was unlimited. Uh, and then uh, the founder himself uh, uh, was also looking into ways uh, to develop the, into an area 
that had uh, opportunity in terms of one, being significant and relevant to the consumer, such as the beauty world, and second, still showing uh, a lot of let me call it, uh, improvement potential on what we found was not only product but also communications. Mm -hmm. So this is sort of where things get real. Um, I love that you tell us the story that it, it formed out of necessity, right? Like, you, you needed a job, right? Yes, Everybody right. needs a job at some point, it's right? really, really important. And uh, it sort of is also the key driver today. So in addition to being a real-life laboratory for, in, in, in my case, in some way beyond the, the supporting function, uh, in the sense that we really get to do things, uh, a little bit of a management consultant's frustration of submitting proposals and never seeing those happen, uh, it is an incubator for something progressive. I hope, it's been five years now, that we will have the opportunity to continue over the next 20 years and maybe even more to see really how far we can go into provoking change and building a, a new generation, also on the organizational levels. Mm -hmm. I just came back from South by Southwest, where then unexpectedly the most important panels or speeches I found in the area of Generation Z retirement planning. Uh, trying to, to, to formulate and, and structure what is going to be an even more significant gig economy in the future. I'm happy to see some of our first sort of alumni uh, going back into the world and, and doing some significant uh, uh, jobs uh, way beyond their peer group, uh, hopefully eventually also impacting the industry and the way we work in a good way. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when we first talked the other day, I was I was surprised and pleased by how much you're considering um, that your team's experience in working with you, um, what they're getting out of it, not just from a business perspective, but personally, right? And how they have, um, it seems like you're really longing for them to have a, a balance in their life. Yes, it's a reciprocity that is unavoidable, uh, that, that was already there, uh, we, we didn't invent it, uh, uh, but this uh, contribution and, and the perception of uh, one's role in, in the work being done uh, is, is really, really important for us. Uh, I mean, we are aware we have to be racing at a double uh, speed uh, of, of our peers uh, if we're going to progress. Uh, and uh, we're asking a lot, uh, but I think it is that, that feeling of, of being engaged and, and being part of, of something truly unique uh, that drives it. At the same time, this leads also to a very monolithic culture, in a way, uh, and as such, uh, we are struggling a little bit to play with our environment or with the other kids, uh, uh, which makes uh, that uh, uh, we 
ha tend to have all of our activities integrated and we do everything from copy to the design of shipping boxes uh, in-house uh, uh, in order to be able to keep with the pace and the, the mentality of our approach. Mm -hmm. Um, you told me that m I think a significant portion of the people who work for the company are under 29 years old. Is that right? Yes, yes. Um, so do you have insight as to someone who is, you know, part of me, but you're not 29 or under 29, right? Do you have, um, do you get insights from them on how they actually like shut off work for the day and then live their lives beyond work? Did you, have you gotten any insights or advice from them? Well, uh, it, I, I figure it's, it's something that comes pretty natural at, at uh, 29. Uh, but uh, this uh, sort of balance in, in lifestyle is, is uh, what you're talking about uh, engages uh, Possibly also at, at, at work itself. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, who, who's to say uh, 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 when uh, we, we can uh, do it uh, or, or not? Uh, uh, and uh, we try to make the workplace itself something that allows for the people to, to sort of live uh, uh, th through elements uh, that are part of what we would traditionally call as the private life. Uh, and uh, it's something that I think with working from home uh, is already happening again uh, by itself. Uh, uh, it's just sort of building the company around it uh, and, and the way we work uh, uh, where we respect it. Uh, that actually brings more to both sides, the private and the professional. Right. I don't think it necessarily comes easy or automatic to a young person. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I was... In my mm -hmm. 20s, I was working till 9.30 at night, and, like, you know, this was very common for me um, because I felt this pressure. Um, I Well, I accepted the pressure yeah. from around me of, you know, um, working long means working hard, which means working well, which I don't actually believe or subscribe to anymore. Unfortunately uh, for us, unfortunately for them, I think that... Uh, we have been part of that culture of all-nighters uh, and things like that. Uh, there is a discipline, I think, to be seeing in, in, in today's uh, Gen, Gen Z, uh, a selectiveness, a pragmatic approach that I wish we had back in the days yeah. ourselves. Yes, I'm um, completely focused, and my team is on just working smart. Mm -hmm. There's, um, we're like a judgment-free zone. If it takes you five hours to do something or it takes you an hour to do something, it is what it is. Um, but I'm, I'm glad to hear that larger company, I mean, it's easy for us, we're 10 people, right? So I only need to find nine other people that are like me in a mindset. I don't have to find 3,000 people that are I like know. me in a mindset, which is I much know. harder. I know. Uh, for me, a lot of the work, uh, including this session we're having right now, is very, very important because at the end of the day, we don't have a lot of PPE or, or production assets, uh, uh, nor sort of capital commitments, any other uh, than resources related to organization. Uh, it really takes a lot to get uh, to the, the current numbers we are at, uh, 
most of our seniors are spending most of their time in recruiting and team building and uh, that for me is, is, is the key concern uh, and uh, I'm, I'm happy to see the momentum we seem to be getting mm -hmm. in the recent past. Yeah. So let's um, shift gears with um, our last topic, which is um, you are very well-traveled and you've lived a lot of places, which means your family has lived a lot of places. Give us a, a laundry list of the, the places you've been, where your kids have been, and where you are now. Uh, I myself started out uh, from Croatia originally. This is where I'm from. You're originally from Greece? Uh, Croatia. Oh, Croatia, uh-huh. And, uh, however, grew up between uh, Austria and the U.S., uh, and the Middle East. Where did you go to high school? Where I were you? went to high school a bit in Croatia, a bit by San Diego. Uh -huh. uh, then uh, the second part now with family was more sort of in the area as far as Switzerland and Italy and a few back and forth between the two prior to a, a longer trip uh, out to China. Uh, most of my projects were in Asia mm -hmm. at some point, so we said, let's pack our bags uh, and, and move there. Uh, I spent the first year of forever, actually, uh, working out of Shanghai, and then moved closer to the markets we were developing in Europe uh, and in the U.S., of course, the, the go-to place was supposed to be Stockholm, but for reasons of primarily climate, uh, I decided to settle in Madrid for a couple of years. And then somewhat unexpectedly, I got to return to Croatia after 15 years because one of our distribution and logistics centers turned into the global marketing and development hub for Foreo. And this is where I've been since, uh, together with some 300 people from 20 countries uh, and counting. So what is the family mindset around this? Like, I mean, there must be a sense of adventure, right? To be able to keep moving the family. Well, adventure is a very nice way to put it. <laughs> uh, I see some confusion when I talk about my kids. Uh, like if you ask them where you're from, uh, uh, they will actually respond back uh, with the question being, do you want the short version or, or the long version? Because they sort of were even born uh, along the way, one of them in Italy, the other one in Switzerland. Uh, uh, however, I'm very happy that they get to experience back home for the first time in their life, uh, but also to maybe slow down a little bit of the moving for now at least, uh, uh, because I think these years, we're talking about puberty, 15, 17, mm -hmm. so formative, uh, uh, I think it's good uh, to, to have a bit more fixed context uh, reference points because you're developing as, as a part of a community right. and I think that that growth uh, is also key will they themselves continue to travel well, I, I, I fear that the chances are so uh, as was the case with myself for that mm -hmm. matter mm -hmm. yeah well thank you for sharing that with us um, I mean I think what's so cool about your kids is they speak a lot of languages even if it's just a little bit of everything <laughs> right? uh, you can go anywhere yes. now um, so Paul thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today and for our listeners I hope you enjoyed this interview please subscribe to our series on iTunes and for updates about the show follow us on Instagram at Where Brains Meet Beauty Podcast. 
Thanks for listening to Where Brains Meet Beauty with Jody Katz. Tune in again for more authentic conversations with beauty leaders.